pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 28 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss fantasy super rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Check out the platform at draftrugby.com and you'll find us on the socials at Draft Rugby. Joining me once again on Zoom, I have the Darley brothers, Harry and Nelson. Gentlemen, welcome this evening. How are we? How were your weekends and how did you enjoy the rugby? Mate, the, the rugby was brilliant on the weekend. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't go my way. I feel a little hard done by, but uh, it is what it is. How good is Super Rugby at the moment, though? Look, uh, rather than talk about myself, I'd rather talk about Nelson. Nelson, uh, you're going to be playing finals this week, next week, or what's going on? What's the plan? Oh, mate, if you, if you look at our uh, points over the season, I probably should be. If you look at our... Why? If you look at total points, not... Not uh, how you've gone on head-to-head matchups, but total points. Right. I am, uh, That's not how we far above, I'm far above people above me. So I actually looked, if I had your matchups, Harry, I would be in the finals. Play the man. Yeah. <laughs> it's Play true, very man. important. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Now, I, I Harry, what, is there any particular no. reason... Oh, sorry. Is there any particular reason why you would only like to talk about Nelson tonight? Or... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt, I had a relaxing weekend, actually. I, uh, I had a, a big couple of weeks of work, so I was looking forward to just sitting around. I had a couple of glasses of wine and a couple of beers over the weekend and didn't do a whole lot other than watch the footy. So good weekend all around on my, uh, on my side of things, to be honest. But Harry, um, I won't say any more. Won't say Harry any didn't more. tell me. Harry did tell me on, I think it was Sunday, I'm pretty sure I've got this win. So, and he didn't. So yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. You said I'm pretty confident I've got the win. Was it? No, I, I said I need a big. I need a big game out of someone. I haven't had anyone get a big game. Was it a few few glasses of wine or a few bottles of wine, Harry? What was the? Um, was, it sounds like a few bottles. Once the it? results are out, it was a few bottles. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, um, all, the all the way down to first. All the way down to first. Well, humble as always. Um, I'm <laughs> the only one who did uh, manage to bag a win uh, this weekend. Congrats, mate. Congrats. Um, and it keeps me in the running for finals, although it's it's not locked down. I think Harry is locked down. I think it is impossible for him to be knocked out of the top four. He's only one point ahead of me, mind you. But um, It's staying home, Kagi. It's staying home. <laughs> um, and Nelson is pretty close to being locked into the Spoon final. It is technically possible. I'm sure he'll tell you. Um, but he's pretty close. No, actually, I don't think it is possible. I think you are. I think you're on nine competition points, and the next person above you is on four. Is on thirteen. No, I so, think it's better than that. I think AJ got the win, so I think he's. No, it's moved thirteen. From, thirteen. No, no, no. Yep. If he, if he oh, okay. loses and gets no bonus points, and you win, or you might not even need the bonus point because uh, I think you do have more overall points than he. Um, much more. Much more. <laughs> very good. Um, but yeah, super tight competition for this shortened version. It's very exciting. So lots to play for this week. I just I know we're we're getting long in the tooth here, but I can also knock you out of the finals, which would almost be better than getting out of the, the bottom playoff. It's true. Look, when you're at the bottom of the table, you've got to make up your own games and um, you know, anything to to give you motivation to get through. So um no, it is a big matchup for me this weekend. I need to be staying in the finals and Nelson wants to get out of that spoon final. So huge. You'll 
certainly be hearing about it next week. And what a week for AJ, mate, in the unique position of being able to lose and make the wooden spoon final or win and push himself into contention for the, the cup final, the trophy. That's it. Unheard of. Unheard of. Could have, could have been you, Nelson, but that's all right. Okay. Um, moving on. <laughs> on our menu for tonight, uh, for Entree, we're going to be reviewing Draft Rugby Round 6. Uh, for Main Course, we're going to be previewing Round 7 coming up. And for Dessert, we're going to wind back the clock and uh, take a look at Round 2 of Draft Rugby and the, uh, have a look through those fixtures, those fantasy fixtures, and see... If there's any insights that we can take out of that going into the repeat fixtures uh, this weekend. Um, so just a look at the fantasy scores and whatnot. But let's get into it. Uh, the, for the for entree, the buyers this week were the Blues and the Force. And um, the first fixture of the week was the Rebels and the Brumbies. And it went as expected, did it not, boys? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say that. Uh, look, this this was a great matchup. Um, we saw a bunch of guys return. Campbell Magnay, James Tuttle after numerous Achilles repairs. He's actually been out for, I think it was 800 plus days. Uh, Ryan Lowrens from an ankle injury. Um, but yeah, the Rebels got this done 30 to 12 with a pretty comprehensive win. There were a few injuries, which is sad to see. Scotty Seo, we think he did his ankle. Jordan Ulisi, he got concussed, um, still had a very good performance. Rob Valentini, he limped off, came off earlier than we expected, and we didn't think it was uh, a, tra- a sub that was, was going to happen. Rob Leoda, he had a leg injury. Tom Ross, he got knocked out pretty badly. Yeah, and, and just to clarify as well, Co and uh, Valentini, they haven't said anything about those injuries, but they obviously got subbed and looked worse for wear. Yeah, it, you, you didn't expect uh, Rob Valentini to come off for uh, Miller. You'd think that would be a straight trade with uh, a sub with Cusack normally. Yeah, but look, the it was a game of of very different sides from what we're expecting. The the Brumbies have shown weaknesses in the past, but they just blew every opportunity they had. They, they didn't know how to capitalise in this weather footy. Whereas the Rebels, I think they did really, really well. They changed up their 10-12 pairing uh, with Matt Tamua coming in at inside centre and Andrew Deegan at 10. Both of them, I think, controlled the game really, really well. Um, they they utilised the kick, plug it into the corners. Um, and I think that it was just the, the control of the two of them for me was much better than we've seen with Meeks at 12. I'm a big Meeks fan. But I just think it worked really, really well and went with the footy. How did you guys see that? Yeah, look, I think um, I think it's saying the, the Brumbies did have an absolute shocker, but I think it's it's full credit to the Rebels. I mean, they just came out absolutely on fire and they didn't take their foot off the gas. Um, it was like they were playing a test match. The intensity with which they they started the game and carried through the whole way was unbelievable. I think the Brumbies were just stunned, didn't know what to do. Yeah, it was one thing that really um, I did not see coming was Reese Hodge at 15 was all over Tom Banks in attack, in defence. He had his number at every single opportunity that those two matched up, um, sneaking a try, shutting him down defensively as well. I think I think we've all said I've always said Reese Hodge is a 15. I think some people think he's a 13. Like I think we can all agree he's probably not a winger, but 15 I think is just his down and out position. He just never gets to play it. Um, he had a good game, but I think that the big thing was the emergence of uh, Cameron Orr and Trevor Hazea and the return of Isi Nasirani has just really turned around the Rebels' pack. 
And yeah. they're starting to show the form that everyone has been saying for the last, you know, three or four years that they should be able to produce on a regular basis. What did you think of um, that, that new flanker, Billy Meeks? <laughs> Doesn't know how to scrum. No, 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 that's that's a horrifying thing to see. He looked, um, he looked, he, looked, he had about the same amount of technique you have on the side of a scrum there, to be honest. I couldn't tell much of a difference. He's got the same head. Um, he had the, oh, I'll take that as a compliment. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> but no, he, uh, yeah, he was very lost out there. Hmm. Um, other than that, look, I, it was a really, really good game. The Rebel set piece was very solid. Um, they, they won a few scrums, they pinched quite a few line outs. Um, but they also had 63% of possession and 65% of territory. They had 15 penalties against them compared to the Brumbies 13 plus the yellow card. Um, they looked more solid in attack, 302 to 215 run metres. Uh, they had 17 to 11 tackle busts. Um, pretty similar on a lot of the other stats. But the one thing that did go the Brumbies way, they were, they were still willing to throw the ball around five offloads to one. Um, but it was, uh, it was a game that I think really the Rebels took control. They had 13 of 15 of their lineouts compared to the Brumbies, 16 of 21. So that's 76%. They lost five of their own lineouts, which is something I think recently we're only really seeing the Reds do. Five lineouts lost is pretty bad. Um, the Rebels, they did actually lose quite a few of their own scrums, eight of 12, where the Brumbies, although they were on the black foot on occasion, um, they won 100% of theirs. Fantasy man of the match was Jordan Ualisi with 48 points. He had a concussion. He had eight carries for 24 metres. He had one try, two tackle bars, a line break, and five tackles. No one else broke the 45 points for the Rebels, where Pete Samu did for the Brumbies with 45 points. And I have to say, I just think Matt Tamu is playing himself into a Wallabies jersey at 10 or 12. doesn't matter, but he's got to be there. I think, it's, I think it's a done deal. I think, yeah, I think that... I, I, hmm. I think so. Look, I, I've always seen him as a 12, um, but both Dave Rennie and himself have said he wants to be 10, and they think he's a 10. Um, I mean, James O'Connor and him, I don't think fit together in any other way other than Tamura at 12 for me. I think that's the, the better combination of the two. Um, if there's a young 10, then I'd say Tamura being the 12. But um, there's, there's a few combinations. Always interesting to see how it goes. True. I, I just love to see a 10 out there that hits people, but um, very good. All right, let's move on to the next game. We had the Hurricanes and the Chefs. Um, Harry, do you want to take us through returning injuries and this game? For sure, mate. So the Hurricanes continued their good reign of form, their rich vein of form, 31 to 18 over the Chiefs. Um, you've left me in the lurch here on the tries. Anyone know how many tries in this game? Five tries to two. Thanks for helping. Um, so very good from the Hurricanes. Pretty dominant all the way through the game, I thought, on this one. You had Luke Jacobson, Jacobson coming back with he, from his hand fracture. I didn't expect to see him. Surprise return, yeah. Yeah, at, at all through Aotearoa. And that really hurt me, um, having a Boucher just kind of anchoring my forward back. So really, really excited to see him play, but disappointing for fantasy managers, no doubt. Um, you also had Peter Umanga Jensen, who didn't miss a game because of the bye, but he suffered a concussion a couple of weeks ago and managed to make it back. And Tyrell Lomax came back from uh, being pulled pre-game. He missed one game a couple of weeks ago. Dane Coles returned from his back injury. And Kane Leao Pepe 
was pretty was probably the big return for this one as well. Uh, he came back from a big hip operation, a labral repair, um, and a shaving down of the bone in his hip. It's a pretty big op, and it's a pretty tough one to come back from. So really, really good news for him. He's a player I really enjoyed watching last year. So came off the bench and, you know, didn't have a huge game, but awesome to see him back in the mix. He did that in the World Cup last year, didn't he? He was playing for Samoa. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, it's a, yeah, it's a pretty grim injury. So hopefully uh, he uh, can prolong his career, but it's not not a great outlook, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I won't be picking up in fantasy, put it that way. Uh, injured, uh, you got Sam Kane, took a huge knock. Obviously, there was a lot of concern about him. It looked like a uh, neck injury originally. Ends up that it was just a concussion. He sounded like he was going pretty well after the game. So, you know, obviously some concern around the All Blacks captain, but um, went off pretty early and by all accounts, just going to go through the uh, head injury assessment now and should be okay. And uh, Kenny Naholo as well got his debut. We were all waiting to see it. And I think before we even saw him touch the ball or make a tackle, he suffered a leg injury and went off. So there was no more detail about exactly what he did there, though. And he was going to get a full half as well. I think he came on right at the start of the second. So Yeah. Demo. In this one, uh, the Hurricanes controlled the game completely, I think, pretty much from start to finish. It was the usual suspects from then. Jordy Barrett was absolutely fantastic in everything he did. Artie Sevilla, again, looked very threatening, had a couple of big runs through the middle. What a dummy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The huge dummy that sold no one. Duplessis, Karifi was into absolutely everything. And uh, despite making a few errors here and there, he's obviously an absolute energizer bunny for them. Um, still don't like his head in terms of how he goes about the game, though. And uh, Wes Houston, I think, uh, has definitely made the Hurricanes question why they didn't start him earlier on in the season. I think he's been absolutely electric for them uh, for a couple of weeks in a row. Yeah, I think he's a brilliant player, and he's shown he can. I mean, he's got a lot of strings to his bow. It's it's a really interesting thing that they've kept on the bench so long. He's yeah. definitely got the gas, doesn't he? But uh, look, you were going to get to him, but the man I was excited about, Peter Munger jetson he's who I wanted to pick up first uh, at trade night this week. He he's hit me badly. He was immense. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was awesome. And he just keeps going from strength to strength. I think all of us had our doubts about him when he started getting a few runs earlier this season. Uh, and But partnering with Vince Asso, I think anything would have happened. And it was great to see him really excel there as well. Hmm. Um, the Chiefs' attack just absolutely struggled to get anything going. They looked a little bit lost, to be honest with you. I, I don't even know who was their captain, to be honest, after Sam Kane went off. I wasn't sure who kind of took over there. They didn't really have any obvious leaders. Nathan Harris still been in the casualty ward as well. So, I mean, it was it, there was definitely a lack of leadership for them. Yeah. Um, and then, look, I, I thought as the game went on, it became more and more obvious how stressed the Chiefs were about their performance and their inability to win a game. They had a throw to nobody that went over the sideline from Peter Gassoukula. There was another one earlier in the game as well. Then you had Quintapaya dropping a, a bomb from Geordie Barrett. I know it was a torp and it would have been hard to pick up, but, you know, still no chases. He should have been able to take it and he just looked completely uncomfortable the whole time. Um, on the flip side, Jamie Booth came on, was absolutely electric as well. You know, he keeps going from strength to strength and just deserves to play for a team where he starts every week, to be honest with you. I think the Blues would absolutely love him, although Finlay Christie would have something to say about that as well. Mm. And then uh, my last point for this one was DMAC. I thought just looks like he's lost a little bit of his footwork and pace off the mark. I mean, I'm still going to pick him first in every single competition in fantasy <laughs> footy, but uh, just a little bit worrying. His, his pace and ability to break the tackle is not quite as good as it was. Yeah, uh, I, 
I, I'm wondering a little bit if it's the way they're playing. The whole def- the whole attack of the Chiefs have seen a little bit rudderless. They haven't seemed to have as many options available to them. So I don't know if it's just him or if it, it, it's more of that team's attack and maybe they're trying to make a few changes and it, it hasn't come off yet. He's still carrying, though. He still has the ability to beat players one-on-one. You know, the opportunity's there. He's just not doing it. But look, yeah. moving on, the Hurricanes had 58% of possession, 57% of the territory. They made 25 tackle busts compared to 14, 10 line breaks compared to five. They are pretty dominant in most areas. Uh, I thought really telling was the tackle success for the Chiefs was 73%, which was way, way down. Uh, I don't think I can remember ever seeing them that low. And both teams kicked for three from five. I think all of the New Zealand players at the moment are struggling with their goal kicking. Dane Coles was the fantasy man of the match, 59 points, five carries for 20 metres, one try, three tackle busts, an offload, and five tackles. Again, very, very good from him. You had Peter Romano Jensen with 51, TJ Perinara, 47, Geordie Barrett, 45, and Sean Mainui, the lone good score from the Chiefs with 45. Very good, yes. Who would have thunk it? The Chiefs, zero wins. The Nelson Dale of the competition of the Super Rugby Alter Rock. So it's. Except I've had wins. And I beat Harry. I'll beat you. All right. Well, let's move on to the Waratahs and the Reds. Uh, Another game that perhaps didn't go anything like how we thought it was um, going to. I think the odds, uh, I was sitting at the pub with a few of the boys, and the odds were $11 for the Waratahs to win 13 plus. and I don't think anyone took those. So, were they 30 plus? 30 plus? I'm not sure yet. I don't know. Uh, you'd have to tell me. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, in this one returning, we had Lalakai for Ketty for the Tars coming back from a hamstring injury. Uh, I didn't see that much of him. I just he, I noted his defense was very good. He just seemed to always be in the right place at the right time. But I don't, I don't know how much he did in, in offense. Um, Angus Bell came back from the bench, uh, started on the, from the bench rather, from his back injury. Um, and injuries in this one, Jock Campbell, was kind, he got injured last week, but was named to start, pulled pre-game. That saw Bryce Hegarty go in to start at 15. And Jordan Bataille, um, he unfortunately lost his father uh, earlier on during the week, and so he didn't fly down for the game, understandably. Um, did not come back from injury, but uh, Harry's put in bold for me. Player I'm very excited about, Zane Nongor, the gore. Um he did come off the bench. Uh, oh, Tom and Thor 2.0. That's it. The mini Thor. Um, just when you thought you'd seen it all. Uh, the Reds rolling, rolling out another one. So I'm very <laughs> excited about him. Can I just point out one thing? Did you guys know he was at 170 kilos mm. at one point within the last few years? I did yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was, that was that an off-season between highlight reels or what? He was playing at 170 kilos. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, at 135 or something now, though, mind you. He's, yeah, he's 19, only, I think, 19 years of age. He's yeah. only grown in, uh, in my estimation uh, with those, that new information that's come to light. Um, <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the Tars, so look, I mean, we all, I think we all called it last week. We said the Reds are going to win this. Can't really see any way the Tars can pick back up their season. But lo and behold, the saving grace, ladies and gentlemen, Rob Simmons did not take the field. And it all came good. What can I say? Uh, coincidence? I think not. Hmm? Anything? No? No comments from you? Great. All right. Well, anyway, the Waratahs, they just came out like absolute lightning, kind of like the Rebels. Just uh, just all guns blazing in attack, throwing the ball around, and the skills just stuck. They were throwing these ridiculous passes out in front, everything at pace, 
And it's like they, they covered the hands in glue or something. Um, I think one of the first tries, there's this ball, you know, a good five metres in front of Tommy Horton. Just oh, on, yeah. at full pace, just throws a mid out there. Somehow it lands in it. And then he throws a ripper pass and they spread it through the hands for a... Uh, uh, I think that could have been the Alex Newsom rugby league poster finish in the corner. I mean, where did that come? Oh, mate, it was it was a good finish, definitely. He, he he did another one a little bit later on in the match that I mean makes you think maybe he isn't that terrible at uh, running any, anything other than running dead straight, which is normally what he does. We liked him at the Western Force. It's just since he's gone to the Tars, he sucked. That's true. I did actually like him back then. I've now trashed on him progressively every week, but um, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing. Look, I mean, this <clears throat> this was my fantasy win this week. Really, I, I bagged five tries, uh, almost six if Newsom had come home with that one. But um, uh, and three of those, Jake Gordon, holy dooly, talk about coming back uh, and making an impact. Um, Ninety-seven points, our fantasy man of the round. That's, the guy's a freak. That's huge. He just, um, I think I've I've said it the last two weeks. What he does. Is he's very dangerous around the rucks, keeps everyone accountable, creates space. But it's also those, I, I called it those all-black halfbacks uh, su- finishing supporting lines. He's just always there in the right place. And that's why he bagged himself a few tries. So fantastic work from him. Um, who else had a really big one for the Tars? I mean, pretty much all of the backs. Uh, James Ram, he looked really good. Jack Maddox back into form. He'd had a couple of, a few pretty bad games. But um, the Reds, I haven't even mentioned them yet. I don't know what they were doing. I don't think they knew what they were doing. Um, they came in for a fly, fly in, fly out game. So they only flew down in the afternoon and um, don't know. Did they all get, uh, you know, plane sick? Well, you, what do you call plane sick? <laughs> um, but, um, not seasick. I couldn't think of what it's called. Um, but uh, yeah, no, anyway, they just, uh, they did not turn up to play. And um, I mean, the Tars were all over them in every aspect of the game, line outs, scrums, um, just incredible. Half-time, 38-0. Five tries. Uh, and it started bucketing down in the second. And um, it did certainly slow up progress. But um, full-time score, 45-12. to 12, Kind of one consolation for the, the Reds. But, um, yeah, Tars, 59% possession, 66 territory. Um, penalties, Waratahs, 12. Uh, Reds, 18. And a yellow card. So, a um, bit of ill-discipline all around. But only two in the first half to the Tars. Sorry, that was the big point there. Um, in terms of the stats, look, pretty much just all favoured the Tars. Um, yep. <laughs> as expected. Um, no surprises. No, nothing really stands out. Uh, set pace, as I said, they were pretty ahead of them. Yeah, the Reds lost five lineouts. Um, huge. But um, fantasy Can I points. Out one thing while you're umming and ahhing through the stats. Damon yep. Murphy, how rubbish was he? He was. Um, he doesn't even know the line-out laws. Like, I don't, mind you, I don't think any of the umpires, the refs, know the uh, line Umpires? Out. Yeah, they're not even refs anymore. Do they? <laughs> I um, what was the line-out call? What was wrong with the line-out call? Uh, there was a Waratahs player that jumped from outside of the field of play. I think it was Newsom. Oh, tried okay. to catch it and carry it back into play, but dropped it. And then they called play on. Whereas in New Zealand the week before, Sebi Reese tried the same thing. Same thing happened, dropped the ball and they called it up and said, no, you have to actually catch it if you're going to jump out from the field of play. Whereas the person before that, I think it was um, George Bridge, had caught it and carried it in. That's why they allowed it to play on. Maybe Harry, it I, I know we're getting distracted a little bit off, to, off topic here, but 
is that trophy attached to your hip? Because when you move, it's definitely moving with you. That's yes. not on the table, is it, mate? <laughs> but that actually is spectacular. Yeah. Look, if you, if you haven't already, you'll have to get after us on YouTube uh, and subscribe and check out the videos there. You can see um, our fantastic Zoom backgrounds as well. Uh, Nelson's uh, This Is Fine meme background that describes his season. Uh, Harry just, well, yeah, like Nelson said, you won't see him without a trophy um, touching his body part, his body at some point, some way. I said I'll, I'll change my background from the trophy as soon as I don't win a fantasy football season. Yep, all right. Well, we'll see. Well, you've got to win this one, Mark. You're still you're not there yet. Um, so, um, all right. Well, yeah, well, let's get back on, on the right road. Um, fantasy points in this one. Jake Gordon already said it. Yeah, 97 points, three tries, four line breaks, three tackle busts, and 50 passes. Jack Dempsey, 71 points. Huge game from him. Carmichael Hunt, 45. And for the Reds, uh, James O'Connor with 44. The only one really doing anything. Um, even though we try to talk about lots of points, we could talk about the players that got none, such as Harry Wilson. How did he only get one point? One of the top back rowers. Mm. Harry, what was he doing wrong? Minus 26 points on penalties and turnovers. That's how. There you go. Harry definitely knows. It was, it was uh, 26? No. 23. It was 15 on penalties and 8 on uh, turnovers. And 3 on scrums. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, um, let's move along to the next game. The, uh, or to the new Kiwi, Super Rugby Aotearoa as well. Let's move on to the Crusaders and the Highlanders. Nelson, do you want to take us through this one? Yeah, look, I think this is one that everyone that wasn't a Crusaders fan was going for the Highlanders here because uh, unlike the Super Rugby Australia or Super Rugby AU, uh, it was actually, I mean, if the Crusaders won here, it doesn't matter what happens next week. That wrapped it up. Super Rugby Australia or Super Rugby AU, it's going to be a fight to the very end with uh, a grand final and a semi-final, second versus third. It was sad to see the Crusaders win this one. The Highlanders came out firing. Uh, they, were, they had a very solid start. But the Crusaders ended up taking it four tries to three, 32 points to 22. Braden Enol made his return from being stomped on the foot. Joe Moody returned after his family bereavement. Uh, Vetu Douglas, MC. Not for very long, though. Joe Moody. Yeah. He was only on for about 10 minutes. Yeah, before he got injured again. And he actually had a, yeah, a neck injury. Uh, Vetu Douglas returned after an MCL. Nana, Nani Punavai returned after a concussion. On those neck injuries, there was a serious concussion or, or yeah, neck injury to Oli Yeager. He was out cold. Um, he got knocked out by Sarah Tompkinson off the ball. Look, one angle, a few angles looked like Sarah Tompkinson was trying to kill him. One angle actually looked like Sarah Tompkinson wasn't watching him until the last second he saw a guy coming from the side and he braced himself and stepped into it. And that angle really changed my mind, thinking he wasn't actually just trying to kill a bloke. I think he just braced just, himself. Just in, that, second. just in that short excerpt there, you can see, uh, you can tell, first of all, that Nelson had Sarah Tompkinson in his fantasy team, but also just like the stages of denial. Do you know what I mean? Like Nelson just working his way through the angles on TV. How many times yeah. did you rewind that, Nelson? No, man, look, I, I, I think he deserved a yellow no matter what. He knocked a guy out off the ball and he definitely braced himself. But I don't think there was bad intent there. I think he, he really was caught off guard, by, off guard by a guy jumping in at the side. Um, His problem is that his shoulders are made of steel. 
Yeah, and he's also the hitman. Um, he, he made a fantastic hit on Jack Goodyear. Absolutely oh, yeah. smashed him. Yeah, yeah. huge. Sold out match, Orange Theory Stadium, uh, 18,000 people. Great to see those numbers and no one wearing masks because they, it's been 100 days straight without any cases in New Zealand, which is great to see. Look, the Highlanders just came out wanting it more. They were on fire in, in every aspect of the game. But as everybody knows, the Crusaders know how to put points on in those last 20 minutes. They score more than anybody else. The Highlanders, I'm pretty sure, score less than anybody else in those last 20 minutes. There was a few tries. Uh, the Crusaders went bang, bang, scored double to George Bridge. Not only started shattering the hearts of the Highlanders, but also of my fantasy team because he was against me. Scored two tries in three minutes. Uh, Richie Moe was just an absolute freak in this one. Really, really good match by Joshua as well. He's showing he is world-class. Um, I mean, if, if he was on the other side in, in the, the Crusaders, there'd be a lot more talk about him as well. But he's definitely world-class. Um, John Anarecki looks so good in, in offence, but pretty average in defence. Boys, how good was it to see Shannon Frizzell also going hard again? Oh, mate, Just loved it. He was into everything and everyone. He, it's like he couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, he's, he's such a good player. We love to see him going hard. I also love to see him when he scored that try, when he ran that, I think it was a over his line, off a line out, off a set piece. Mm. He slammed that down, that <laughs> ball down. It was a, a slam dunk try. He didn't just put that ball down. It had a lot of, uh, a lot of heart behind that one, I think. Also, <laughs> something I really want to highlight is I think uh, a guy that we've talked, uh, talked down maybe a little bit, Josh McKay, he just put in one of the best defensive efforts to, to shut down a try. The Crusaders, almost everyone in their team touched it, looked brilliant. Uh, then Bryn Hall, all he had to do was run it in and score. And Josh McKay came from nowhere and just broke Bryn Hall's heart. Made everyone realise that Bryn Hall is the one guy that's not superhuman in that Crusaders um, back line at the very he least. Also set up, I'm pretty sure, the first try with a huge flat left to right. So he cops a lot of rubbish. No, he's a good player. Very well. he's, he's a good player, but do you think he's Moanga, he's Enoa, he's uh, Goodhue, or he's anywhere near any of those guys? Sevu Reese, is he anything like those? David Havili? George I think Gower, Michael Ala Alatoa, Mitchell Dunche, Quinton Strange. I said backs. I think, I think in, in summary, what else is trying to say is imagine if the Crusaders had TJ Perinara or Aaron yeah. Smith. Mainly Aaron Smith. <laughs> Just imagine. Yeah. Harry, if, if you're going to say that there's backs that aren't as good as him, you might want to list a back. Uh, yeah. Very yeah, good. Cool. Um, match stats here, they were very similar on possession and territory, very similar on penalties, except a yellow card against the Highlanders. The the running metres were massive from both teams here. It's good to see some dry weather footy compared to what we've been seeing in Australia. 648 metres to the Crusaders to 561 for the Highlanders. Lots of defenders beaten. The Crusaders 25, the Highlanders 32. 21 line breaks to Crusaders compared to 15 for the Highlanders. Those stats are massive. 16 offloads to the Crusaders, 12 to the Highlanders. When we roll on over to set piece, the Crusaders had 100% of their scrums, but it was only two, mind you, whereas the Highlanders 100% with four. And uh, both of them were pretty solid, losing one line out apiece. Fantasy man of the match was Richie Moanga. Well-deserved, 74 points. He had 10 carries, 94 metres, 
one try system, one try, a tackle bus, two offloads, three line breaks, and nine tackles. He was absolutely everywhere. Can I say, including including getting run the hell over by Shannon Frizzell. Oh, yes, he did. He still yeah. got up and he made a tackle straight after. It was amazing. No, he got up and won the ball. Yeah, sorry, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, for the Crusaders, uh, Cody Taylor got 60, Will Jordan 54, Seven Reese 54. Oh, sorry, are you, are you reading the Crusaders? Crusaders fantasy stats or just my fantasy team? What, um, and George Bridge, 49. For the Highlanders, Joshua Arnie got 67. Jonah Narecki, 53. Dylan Hunt, 50. Shannon Frizzell and Aaron Smith both got 49. And Ash Dixon got 45. Up until about 25 minutes, the Crusaders did, other than Moanga, look like they weren't going to score a billion points. And then all of a sudden, they turned it on. That's it. I think the stat from what they popped up during the game, I think it was the Crusaders scored 28% of their points uh, in this Super Rugby Arta Royal competition in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's just crazy. So they just step up another gear. I think it was, I think it was more than 28%, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was more. Slightly more than a quarter, so that's not that good. Why don't, yeah. why don't teams just keep a couple of their big guns on the bench against them and roll them all out with 25 minutes to go? Like, they need a new tactic because that's when they score, like you said, all their points. They need to target that 20 minutes. No New Zealand team seems to do it against them. They yeah, go hard. Yeah, go hard early. Have that intensity because the, the Highlanders, it was more about the intensity from the team rather than necessarily individual impacts because guys like uh, Mike Collins and things scoring tries, it was, it was the team effort. So mm-hmm. I agree. If you, if you hold off some of your best guys and you bring them on the back end, that's probably your better shout to, to get that win. Yeah. Mm. Very good. All right, well, that uh, concludes our entree. Very delicious. Uh, and let's move on to the main course, which is Draft Rugby Round 6. 7. 7, mate. Round 7. Um, the buyers this week, the Brumbies and the Chefs. Um, so hopefully you don't have too many of them in your fantasy team I anymore. Do. Harry does have many. Um, I've, been, I've been siphoning them off, don't worry. <laughs> um, and game one, we have the Waratahs and the Inner Western Force um, playing again in the SCG. I'm not sure, but in Sydney, Waratahs home game. And returning this one, we have Ian Pryor from his shoulder injury. He was set to return two weeks ago before the bye, uh, but then was pulled pre-game. So yeah. who knows? Uh, Captain Mudd uh, to return from a rib injury. Rob Simmons, if you didn't know who that was by now. Uh, Henry Taifu to return from a concussion after getting knocked on his ass by Frank Lamani. We've talked up Lamani's hitting power for a scrum half. And Tevin Ferris. Uh, no news on him yet, but he was stretched off the field uh, with a neck injury. It's been re- reported to not be too serious. I think Harry said, but um, still no news on whether he'll be playing or not. Yep. Excellent. Uh, last matchup, Waratahs 23-14 to the Force. Um, in this, this game, saw the Force come out absolutely flying in round two um, of Super Rugby AU. Uh, it was pretty much all the Force the first half. I think they scored both their tries and just dominated possession and territory mm. in the first 35 minutes or so. And uh, the Waratahs, uh, kind of like this last week just gone, uh, just were a new team running out at second half. Um, just came out, started fresh, nil all boys. Uh, and yeah, just they scored every point. I think it was 23 unanswered points in the second. And, um, and the force did not have any answers. But man, it's a story of a lot of the forces uh, games really has just been to 
uh, start really strongly and then just ease off. Um, but yes, uh, Waratahs will be riding high after shellacking uh, the Reds last week. Um, they're certainly in the finals hunt, I think. Um, what? How is it looking on the table, guys? I think the Waratahs, if they win this game, they're... Yeah, no, well, the, the Tars and Reds are on par. Is that correct, Harry? Same points? Uh, yeah, I think so. Then, then the, the Tars have obviously got the Force, I think the Rebels and the Brums to go. And yeah, the Reds have I, got I, the Rebels and the Brumbies and a bye, I think. And the Force. I think they've all got, yeah, they've all got basically the, the same three matchups because it's only been one so far in, in round two of the, the fixtures. Yeah, so it looks like it's between those two teams pushing for a finals berth. So someone's, I mean, someone's going to need an upset or they can't both go through the same, you know, beat the force and, and lose to the other two if they want to lock themselves in for a, a finals place. I think the Tars have got about a 40-point lead on the for and against, though, which is obviously very significant. Yeah. Very good. All right. Um, so, yeah, it'll be the Tars riding high, as we said. The Force coming off a bit of a heartbreak when they lost uh, in super time to the Rebels just before the bye after John O'Lance missed a match-winning kick in the 76th minute. Devastating. So, how will they bounce back? Easy. Easy um, match-winning kick. Easy match-winning kick, yep. Um, if Tevin Ferris isn't right, we'll likely see Kane Kateka come in and he offers a bit of punch. He's a hard hit. Yeah, he's a, he's a Western Australian local. And, to him. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a Western Australian really local good. and he's a, he's a hard runner, hard defender. And it'll be, be good to see him have another run for them because he's been good in the past. Excellent. Um, Jake Gordon, yeah, can he, I mean, can he play himself into a Wallabies? Spot really, um, he's technically. Is he technically the incumbent almost now? Like, well, he was in the Wallaby squad. It's uh, I don't Nick know. White would be the Nick yeah. White, sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I, I think right now he'd probably be your fourth choice halfback Oof. at best. Well, wow. I'm not, I'm, I'm really? not subscribing to that at all. But uh, at best, you putting him behind Joe Powell? Uh, currently, yeah. I mean, he's had one match here and and one match there. You know, like he hasn't had that much body of work to, to actually put himself in the contention for the, the Wallabies spot. Joe Powers had quite a few runs there for the Wallabies. He's been playing quite well. I prefer Jake Gordon. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think he's sitting above him after having one solid match. Very good. Um, I do. So just too bad. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I think we can expect the, the Tars to dominate, um, dominate the line out uh, and scrums against the force. It's an area they've been really good in. Um, the Force lost five of their 15 lineouts in the against the Tars in round two. Tars had tripled the line breaks. Um, and the Tars in the second half, that half where I said that they just came back flying, they had 68% possession and 78% territory. So the Force really need to get stuck into their second half and play a full 80 minutes. Um, the Tars chose to attack a lot to the left side of the field, so I can't see why they wouldn't just attack Marcel Braki all night. Um, it's time to go to War Baraki, and he is yeah, he's going to cop it. Um, any any last ones in this, guys? I mean, obviously Tars are going to take it out. Um, what do we think? I'm going to say I'll go with 13 plus. I'll, I'll go 15. Tars by 15. Look, I think the, the Waratahs are up and down. Um, I think it's been a very long time since we've seen them put a, a match out like that, let alone two weeks in a row. And, and the Force have been in the fight for most matches. I, I, I don't think the Waratahs will necessarily run away with it. I think they'll be confident and they'll be able to hold them off. But I think it'll be, you know, one score, maybe 
seven points or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, Nelson, I think the, the force have, have built quite well. I still don't think they quite have the uh, fitness to compete for 80 minutes. They seem to get run down a lot. But the, mm. the Waratahs are a team that are very young, very inconsistent. They got a bit carried away with themselves after playing some good footy despite losing against the Brumbies. It wouldn't surprise me if they kind of lose their focus a little bit again this week. And I hope they put this up in their uh, change room wall so that it doesn't actually happen. <laughs> Just a picture of your of our phases, is that it? Just um, yeah, yeah, 100%. Very good. Um, yeah, no, I don't like. I hope I don't get too carried away by their performance from last week. You should have heard what the rubbish I was, how I was trashing them before the game on uh, the weekend. But um, you know, I just I don't think we've seen enough from the force to win this game. That's um, that's Mike. So let's move on to the next uh, matchup: the Reds and Rebels. And I think this will be an interesting one as well. It's just going to depend which Reds team turns up, really. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it was it was obviously 18-all with the world's worst and first super time last time yeah. around. But um, close-fought game between both teams. This time it is in Queensland. So it's the day trip for uh, the Rebels, which I think takes a lot out of teams. I think that's a, a pretty big leg up, leg up for Queensland. And they'll be reeling, knowing that they'll really slid down the pecking order after getting belted by the Tars last week. So... You'd expect that uh, with someone like Thorne in your in your change rooms and leading your coaching uh, your coaching sessions, they're going to get absolutely hammered this week. There's going to be no stone unturned. I think you know you saw him make a host of changes at halftime last week. I wouldn't be surprised if those people all started. That's uh, Tate surely starts first. Oh, match. please. Has to. I have no idea how they step benched him two weeks in a row. He's he lost forty minutes this week. Yeah. Crazy, no, he, he, right? he must- he must have been going out surfing or something. He, he honestly must have pissed off Thorne. That's the only yeah, logical I, I agree, to be honest. I agree. Yeah. Fraser McRide as well and Murphy as well. BPA, after looking definitely the more solid of the two hookers <laughs> so far, this competition was atrocious at the line-out. Yeah, so, the, last, the last two weeks, they've actually lost five line-outs each week. The last time these two matched up, the, the um, Reds lost six line-outs. Like... And a lot of them are bad throws. It's not as simple as, you know, someone's getting up and taking the ball. There's just, there's been a lot wrong with that line out. I mean, watch, watching last week, it was dry and relatively dry in the first half. BPA, even the ones that they were winning, he was under throwing very low to the jumper. It just, I don't know. I don't know if his confidence is shot, but both their hookers are really battling. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for that trade, Nils. Um Look, Harry Wilson, I know you guys were wondering what the hell happened to him last week. And don't get me wrong, as, as someone that has, has used him to carry me through a lot of weeks, one point didn't quite help in my loss. But uh, I think he still had a, a huge amount of carries and tackles. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about him there. I think you'll see him get back to his normal. He, uh, he's got those reproducible scores because of how big his work rate is. So I don't I think um, to worry about yeah, look, I, I think he's a really solid player and maybe he's going to actually learn from that. I think, yeah, he, he definitely got his hands on the ball. For me, the biggest thing was there was no tackle bus, line breaks. He got 20-odd metres rather than his huge metres normally. No offloads. He didn't just... He didn't seem to 
you know, have a little bit of that oomph that he normally has, but everyone's allowed to do that on a week, week, I think occasionally. The entire you know? team was, though, to be fair. I was going to say, I don't think anyone... Waratahs shut down the entire Reds team, so it's hard for one man to be running 100 metres, throwing offloads and busting tackles when the team's going backwards for 80 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I just think he was a little bit off. Yeah. Um, I, I agree the entire team was. Um, <laughs> the Look, the Red, Red Bulls comprehensively hammered the Brumbies in wet weather footy, an absolute masterclass last the week. The Red Bulls? <laughs> it did sound like the Red Bulls. No, about Formula One Red Bulls. Yeah, I'd call them the Red Bulls, why not? Uh, with the energy they showed, mate, they may as well have been in the first half last week. <laughs> they need some, yeah, that's what <laughs> Yeah, they need some. Anyway, they, uh, they, there was a masterclass in the wet. You know, Deegan and Tamur, that change, I think, was really, really good for them. Um, I, I think their dominance in the kicking game field position and uh, Matt Tamil's ability to either take the ball forwards into contact, harden up their defensive line, and then also put his probing kicks in behind. Just <clears throat> think that they were incredibly dominant, dominant in that area. And, you know, we talked about the Reds' line-out woes. I think, you know, it's just going to become an even more useful tactic for them to try and take advantage of this week. And I could see those two just pinning the corner and playing field position. Yeah, I think that combination worked really well. And it, it looks like, I mean, it's early days, it's only Monday, but it looks like it could be a wet weather matchup this week again for them. So I would expect to see those two at 10-12 again and interchangeably using their kicking game because they both did it, both knew how to, to look for corners. And I think I'd be quite worried if I was the Reds, knowing that you're probably going to be facing a lot of lineouts when you've been pretty average of late. And, yeah. and the Reds, if you, if you think about the Reds' back three for kickers, I mean, you know, Jock Campbell or Bryce Hegarty at the back is, is good, but uh, Jordi Pataya and Filippo Dalguna on the sides, not particularly great here. Look, I know Dalguna can kick for goals uh, and <laughs> soccer, like soccer and everything, but just not, still not particularly like, well-versed yeah. in, in territory good. battles. Yeah. Look, it, it, it's obviously an incredibly important match for the Reds to keep their finals run alive, so they shouldn't be lacking any motivation, but... You know, looking at the stats from their lineout, they've lost an average of five lineouts over the last three weeks and six in the last time they versed the Rebels five weeks ago. So they've got real, real problems there. I'm not really sure how they get over that. And, you know, I thought Angus Blythe would have kind of plugged that hole, hole a little bit more, but mm. uh, he obviously hasn't. Um, you mentioned Geordie Pat- uh, Jock Campbell, Hegarty, Pattaya. Look, Pattaya's still in doubt. They still haven't said if he's actually going to play. Um, obviously, his father passing away, I think he, he's doing it pretty tough. So uh, it, it's completely understandable if he doesn't have a run. That was... might see Jack Hardy in. I'm not sure that he's got much of a kicking game either, though. I think he just seems like a kind of pure finisher. Um, yeah, got... and, and I wouldn't say he's particularly good under a high ball either. So I think that doesn't strengthen them there. Like you said, Hegarty, if he starts, I think he's probably their best option. I, I could see them... Instead of starting Hardy, putting Hegarty to fullback and Campbell to the wing if he is fit as well. Yeah. I think that's probably what they'll go with, and it's their best kicking option there to try and counter that kind of game. Um, on the flip side of things, you know, to the forward pack, I, we're going to keep saying it every week until it happens, but where is Tony Tha'amasawili? He's clearly their best player by a country mile, and he needs to start. Without a doubt. Get the man on. He's a perfect mould of an impact player, but he can do it from the start of the match. Just get that man on and give him as long as possible until he's dead and then take him off. Yeah. 
And look, the, the other thing is the Reds' discipline has been atrocious. So last time they played, there was two yellow cards to the two red centres. They give away huge amount of penalties all the time. I think it was, uh, funnily enough, it was 15-8 last time to the Rebels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's just, it's been a huge problem for them. And, and I don't really see how they turn this one around. I think the Rebels, if they can get their attacking gear against a, a fired-up Reds defence, <clears throat> I think that'll be the game. And I expect them to do that by kicking for the corners. What yeah, I agree. Look, I think my my bet is this this game is actually in Queensland, different to last week. So I think there's a chance that we see Geordie Patea turn out. You know, there's a difference between staying at home and uh, not having to have a massive trip and playing. So my money would be that he's to, to start on the wing, which is something they desperately need. We don't know about um, Jock Campbell, but Bryce Hegarty is is an all-round good footy player at, at 15. He inserted himself a fair bit in at first receiver as well. Gives them that extra ball player. But, um, yeah, it's hard to go against the Rebels after that that week last week for me. Yeah, Jordy Bataille particularly, um, Queensland has gone back into full lockdown, closed the borders. So if he flew down to play last weekend... He would have had to go in back into quarantine and uh, wouldn't have been able to attend his father's funeral. So that was a uh, pretty big deal about him not playing last week for the against the Tars. They're also saying because they're in a uh, rugby team bubble, if mm. by, by associating with his family at the moment, that he may have to go into isolation before joining the side. So you yeah. might not see him at all. Yeah. Very true. But uh, all right, well, I'll, I'll give my pick on this one. I, I don't think the Rebels will be able to reproduce it in Queensland. Um, that's the one thing for me is that the Rebels... Whilst they have been building since they joined the competition, uh, consistency has never been the name of their game. Um, so uh, I expect the Reds to, to be a different side at home in Queensland. Um, even if Geordie Bataille's not playing, if they get Tate McDermott in there, get the boys fired up, uh, I'm going to actually back the Reds to take this one. Just, just also in the light of how Super Rugby has gone. It's very much like um, the South African teams. Harry, if you remember, always calling just the opposite of what happened the week before. So, yeah. Um, that's what I'll pick. Harry, who do you have? I'm going to go Rebels by eight. I think the Reds were very lucky to come back into the game last time. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean the way of the Rebels, even though my heart tells me to go for the Reds. I think the Rebels have been building every single week and, and building to this point where last week was a comprehensive win. Yes, they've had a few hiccups. The Reds, I think they've been up and down iffy on a lot of occasions, even though I think they're... They have potential to be the better side. So I think the the Rebels are going to get done by six points. Excellent. All right. Uh, the Highlanders and the Hurricanes. Uh, returning this one, Nehe Milnaskada. Ha-ha. The continual joke of the season. Very doubtful. We'll see him. Uh, I think he was a morale signing. Uh, boost the boys' morale. Um, he's probably just applying for a coaching job, really, to be honest. Um, he's had that many injuries. Tavita Nabura could see him come back. Harry has... Or Nelson believes he played club rugby on the weekend. He, yeah. I think he's played it actually the last two weekends because I was thinking, you know, as a roughie, if there was a chance for him to come on that side, I almost wanted to pick him up and carry him into to this week. So I think he's actually played a few matches now. Okay. Well, I wonder if uh, this is the week to throw him in there because, uh, I mean, they know they can't win the competition. Um, so we'll The only see. thing going against him is that Narecki and McKay were both very good on the weekend. McKay actually earned his spot, I think. So, yeah. That's fair. We've seen him on the bench. 
I still personally want to see Mackay at, fi- at 15. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Mitch Hunt's been actually all right. I, I don't think Mitch Hunt's at 15. I think he's at 10. But um, I would like to see Mackay at 15 and, a, and I'd love to see Nabura or someone of his mould on the wing. But um, Yeah, look, I, I think that probably is the better option for them. Mitch Hunt was absolutely awesome as 12, at 10. Mm. Um, I don't think he's at 15. He had a few moments in the back end of that game last week. But... When he was playing 10, he was awesome. I just I can't see him as a 15. You know, he was I, awesome. Definitely not as good as Joshua Arnie, though. I'll tell you that much. That's right. And I, I kept saying good. last week that I thought the biggest issue with the Highlanders was the lack of punch in their team, and especially in their back line. Having two big wingers with Nareki and Nabura does mm. solve that problem for them. It gives them, especially if they're coming in off their wings, yeah. it gives them that go forward that I think they're lacking. Well, I think yeah. you're giving you're giving Nareki a lot of Credit there, it's a big winger, mate. He's just a flyer. He's yeah, but he Nabura gets between over the ad line, mate. It doesn't matter. Yeah, how okay. Never well, reaches isn't big either, but that guy gets gain line for days. This is true. You know, man, I'm all about 100 kilo plus wingers. Uh, well, I'm not interested really. But um, <laughs> can the Hurricanes bring Julian Severa? Speaking of, uh, no. Okay, we know that won't happen either. He's but, playing uh, 12, by the way, in Clubland. He was. He played 12. Yeah, well, he had been playing. I think I said last week he'd been playing exclusively in the centres for Toulon over in France. Um, Perhaps some people think uh, in his old age of 30 years old that he's lost all of his speed. Um, so, Look, uh, he is a good player. I, I wouldn't be too worried about him uh, losing his speed and, and not being as good. But look, I think for the Highlanders to win this one, they're going to have to come out with that intensity they had last weekend and they're going to have to maintain it for, for 80 minutes. And if they do that, they're going to be a really hard team to beat. The, we all know the Crusaders can finish a game better than anyone. So if they can do that early on in this one, um, they're going to have a lot better chance to hold it out after that heartbreak for, for them last weekend. The last time these two played each other, the Canes had 63% of possession and 67% of territory. Um, so I think that that's pretty bad stats. Um, I don't know. Can you guys remember exactly the the score last time they came up against each other? Yeah, look, they, it was it was about seventeen. I think it was seventeen eleven. Um, and yeah, it was just the Hurricanes scored all their points in the first half uh, or first yep. fifty, and then it was the Highlanders just all the last thirty minutes of the game. They just didn't didn't leave themselves enough time to chase the game. So um, yeah, they need to combine both ends. Last last week against Crusaders, they started really strongly, didn't finish strongly against albeit the hardest team to finish strongly against, but um, they'll need to just play a full game of rugby this week. Yeah, uh, look, the Hurricanes, they score a lot of their points from scrums and lineouts in this uh, New Zealand rugby comp, the Super Rugby Aotearoa. The Highlanders' lineout has actually probably been the, the most solid in the comp. Um, so that's probably going to take away a few of those opportunities for the Hurricanes. Um, it, it's a tough one to, to pick this one. Um, I, I think I really want to lean towards the Highlanders. Yeah, how, how are you guys seeing this one play out? Well, interestingly, I'll just say the last time they played in round five, the um, the Highlanders lost five of their 14 lineouts to the Hurricanes. Um, true. So, true. you know, they have been probably the strongest in the competition um, with Pari Pari Parkinson absolutely killing it. But um, Well, we, we keep mentioning Pari Pari, but, I mean, it was pretty obvious that Wetton was the uh, the player calling all the, the, the line-out calls and attack last week. When he went off, that's when their line-out started to fall apart a little bit. They so actually, I think, if nothing else, I think they need to play both of their locks for big minutes. I agree. And I think they actually said as well that Frizzell had been taking the most uh, line-out 
catches as well. It, it, was, yeah. it was, yeah, he definitely took quite a few. Uh, you could see that on the weekend. He was, he was an option that they used a fair bit. Mm. Um, for mine in this one, look, um, I think the Highlanders have a better pack. Um, just that back row, you know, it's it's yep. Tuu, Frizzell, and Dylan Hunt up against Artie and who? No, okay, I won't uh, rip on them that hard. <laughs> Karifi's pretty good, but um, yeah, I've, I don't know who'll be playing at six. Probably Princip again. Man. I know he's, oh, the, yeah, he's the working man's man, but um, you know, see a champ. I want, I want some fire. Um, so I don't know, and, and I think the in the last last time they played the Highlanders scrum certainly got the better of the Canes. They uh, took them on one tight head. Um, so I don't know. I think yeah, this will just all it'll all be about how they they start the game. Um, if they so can start, what's your pick, man? What's your pick? Who I think I actually think the Highlanders will win this. Um, yeah, I'm going again for I guess the underdog. Um, but I just think the way they played last week, I mean, if it was against any other team other than there wasn't the Crusaders, uh, they were winning that game. They played some absolutely incredible footy in that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pick the Highlanders. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean towards the way the Highlanders. I'll say they'll, they'll do it just maybe by, by five points or so. Um, there's a few changes there with Uso and things in the centres, um, which will probably negate a little bit of the lack of of that strength in the centres for the Highlanders. So I think they'll, they'll take that one out just tight. I don't know how we got this far without telling everyone that it's in For- Forsyth Bar Stadium, the home of fantasy points under yeah. the roof where it's going to be attacking footy. Don't we open with that every time the Highlanders play at home? That's true. That's Normally very disappointing. Do, yes. Normally and look, the, the other thing I would say is they've lost four of their last five home games Two against Kiwi opposition. They beat the Chiefs at home, which, I mean, everyone beats the Chiefs these days. They're basically the Western Force. Um, and then they lost to the Rebels and the Sharks. I thought you were going to say the Nelson as well. So uh, their home record is looking very sketchy. Uh, I, I'm i going to tip the momentum. The Hurricanes have been very, very good. They've beaten, you know, the two biggest rivals in New Zealand in consecutive weeks. I think the Hurricanes are going to get it done in a tri-fest. And uh, I reckon Peter Rumanga Jensen and Wes Whitson are going to score two each. Kaza. Yeah. Very good. I think, I think if they were playing anyone other than the Chiefs following up the Crusaders, they weren't going to win that. But um, that's for Mike. So very good. All right. Well, let's kick on to the next game, the real game, the money game, the only game we all want to say. The Blues and the Crusaders. The could have been final. The could have been final. That's yeah. correct. For the Blues, it still is a final. Um, you know, just for the people of Auckland. Um, it's, it's a final in the same way that Nelson playing fantasy footy this week is. <laughs> Got him, yes. <laughs> Means a lot. <laughs> Very good. Um, the Blues and Crusaders, well, I think it was... They'd barely finished the game. They barely won Super Rugby Aotearoa. And the commentators, Marshy, uh, they had... Um, Razor Robertson on the sideline and Justin Marshall was already asking him, what does this mean? You know, what do you, what does this mean for next week? What are you going to do against the blues? Are you just going to throw out a whole bunch of nobodies? Um, not that the Crusaders have any nobodies, but uh, no, you know, are you going to you know, set all the second string boys out who haven't had some game time? Um, you know, what's, what's the, what's the plan? And Razor was like, mate, can you just give me a second to enjoy this win? Uh, have you chill out? Um, but I suspect, look, I think it's very possible we do see some players rested. As much as it's going to be a pretty sold-out game uh, in Auckland and they want to give the people, you know, 
the great game of footy. in the middle of last week, man. It's a completely sold-out game. Yeah. They are huge. What I'm, I'm saying is, as, as much as they want to give a great game of footy to conclude the Super Rugby Arthur Royal competition, I think, I think we could see some changes. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Leicester Flying Ganuku come in and get a start. Um, yeah. I think we'll still see some of the bigger names start. Okay. Richie Moe. Richie Moe's gone, I'm telling you now. He's got his baby being born within the next week. And the Razor already started talking <clears> about getting some new blood in there, but not too much so that they ruin all the combination. So Brett Cameron will be starting well, next called, week. Richie Moe won't even be on the bench, mate. It's called positive reinforcement. Um, if you keep saying it, you can will it into existence. Um, <laughs> you're done. No, look, I think, Crusaders are done. You're done. <laughs> players <laughs> that I think are safe. Um, will Jordan, Brad Nenor. I think we'll see them play. And obviously just getting back into it. Will Jordan, well, there's no competition for him at fullback. Well, George Bridge could play fullback <clears> and Jordan might get a rest. Harry, can you stop trashing my entire team, please? Um, <laughs> that would be no, so I, good. Macaleo, mate. I reckon Macaleo could get a start. It's been a few games. Mate, he can't, he can't play more than 30, 30 minutes anyway, 25 minutes. That's, that's all he's got in the tank, mate. All right, Cody's got, got to be... He's got to, <clears throat> he's got to completely lock down that all-black jersey. Um, no. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, we could see some shuffling of positions in the, in the Crusaders slash all-blacks team. Um, hopefully not many advantages. Well, um, I, I think you'll, you'll see a couple. I don't think you'll see tons. <laughs> the Crusaders are going to want to win this one because if they if they end up losing against the Blues, it feels like a pretty hollow win mm. for, for the competition. I, I don't think you're going to see bulk changes. Yes, maybe you will see the likes of Richie and one of the wingers rested. You're not going to see bulk. You know, It's not going to be a B team for the Crusaders. They're going to want to come out. They're going to want to win this one. They know the job is not done. There was no break dancing last weekend. They have a, a match to go as far as they're concerned. They want to win. That's true. And they want to see that break dance. I mean, who doesn't? So, um, How disappointing for the Crusaders that it wasn't a normal Super Rugby season because, let's be honest, they were winning that at a... <laughs> Yeah. They should have been four in a row. I know everyone's going to put an asterisk on this. Oh yeah, four in a row. Yeah, sure, mate. It's three. Yeah. No, mate. They were one hundred percent winning. There's no one no, um, near them. <clears throat> all right. Yeah, in terms of players yeah. returning for this one, uh, there hasn't been any word still on Hoskins Satutu. Um, we had a fantasy manager pick him up last week with the specy, the speculator. I dropped him um, after Nelson dropped him. Uh, so I hope he comes back and plays. Um, <laughs> he was true for me. Daniel Carter, could we see the old man calves on the bench for the Blues? I reckon just name him, and then even if he doesn't play, just you know what I mean. Just get yeah. the people excited. name him and pull him. Yeah, he's already so, sitting on the bench. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a way to ensure that everyone who bought tickets to this game actually comes. Yeah. Name Dan Carter on the bench, right? They will come. Um, out last minute, but uh, that's it. Um, Chipper Parsons coming back um, from a concussion. Well, it'll be interesting. Do we see him just go straight back into start? Well, he, missed, he missed a couple of weeks in a row. So, we, mm. again, we don't have confirmation on any of these. You expect him to come back from a concussion. But being right. out for two or three weeks is a bit hairy. Ask Nelson. He's still concussed. Is it true? I don't know. With, with Parsons, I feel like... Um, I feel like every year could be his last year. So it's like, this could be my last game in, at home in Auckland. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, you don't mess with your head, mate. So I don't think that, that comes into it if you've got a serious concussion. Very good. Uh, and Tom Robinson, <laughs> um, knee coming back, possibly coming back from a knee operation. Again, no word on him. Uh, but the big red dog, we love him. Um, although, would he find... 
you know, space in this team, perhaps only on the bench at the moment. They've got such good back rowers. So Start him over Gibson, mate. Well, I'm going to say, if Satutu's back, mate, it's Akira Satutu, Don Papali'i all day. Um, and, you know, this game is really, a, you know, obviously an All Blacks audition, but um, it's really the battle for those back row slots again. Um, Fetu Douglas, who made a surprise comeback uh, last week, you know, even he'd be fancying himself for, you know, an All Blacks number eight, but um, he's got the... He's, He's got the pedigree playing for the Crusaders. Um, he's so old. I think he's like 28. I think he's missed the boat, to be honest. Sad. I don't know. Well, I'm just saying, like, if it's, if it's ever going to happen for him, it's now. So um, He's 29. Yeah. We could see him play. Um, yeah. So, anyway, just a few question marks. Not much information there, but just stay, uh, stay posted with us um, and we will release anything as we get it. Uh, other questions for the Blues. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see with Parsons. Goodshoe or Gerard Cowley to Iote? Um, Gerard has had a few phenomenal games the last two starts he had. Um, so that might have pushed Josh Goodyear to the bench. Obviously, Patrick Tuipolotu, the captain, will be starting. Um, and you'd have to think would be a favourite for the All Blacks jersey. Um, he's been crushing it. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's that many selection questions, really. I think Finlay Christie played himself into another start. Uh, I think the back line basically picks itself... Uh, the only quest player who seems to be questioned has been TJ Farney at twelve, but we all are on his uh, on his uh, him being pl- uh, starting at twelve. Yes, yeah, I would say so. I, I think he's been pretty solid, and he doesn't have any competition in my eyes. Very good. Um, so, uh, in terms of some stats, the last time they played, uh, the Blues had sixty uh, percent possession and territory. They had more carries, meters, tackle busts, uh, just a few less um, clean breaks. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this one. There wasn't a lot of run meters last time these guys came up against each other. The uh, Crusaders only made 250 run meters, but still managed 25 tackle busts. Mm. So (laughs) that is absurd. And uh, the Blues only made 201 run meters, but still had 21 tackle busts. I think guys were running backwards to bump people. I don't, I don't know how that stat works, to be fair. I just remember it being test match defense. And yeah. I don't know that the Blues can get themselves up to that mental level again without the competition on the line. So I think that's going to be the sealer for me. Look, I think for them, as, as far as they're concerned, they don't care the competition's no longer on the line. For them, this is as good as a final. This is them proving to their homes, home fans that we are here. This was a serious year for us um, and, and not just fizzle out at the back end of it for them. I'm, I'm sure that's going to be the messaging all, all week, mm. but it doesn't change the fact that it is not a final. <laughs> Crusaders have won and they can't not know that. I, I think the, the, feeling, the feeling of it being a final is that um, it's the last you, game. It's the last game, exactly. If you if you if you win the last game, you feel like you won the competition. You know what I mean? That's it's like, like Australia that's... going, all right, guys. I know it's two nil in the blood slide, but last game wins. <laughs> True. It's yeah. It's a bit like that. No, I think um, there's a lot more a lot more emotion behind this resurgent for the resurgence for the Blues and wanting to do it for their home fans that have already sold out the match. I, I think the Blues are going to come out firing in this one, and this is going to be their biggest game of the year, emotionally at the very least. Very good. All right. Well, in terms of, yeah, the other telling stat, when I was writing some notes for this one, I thought, look, the two crucial things with this game were going to be, um, I thought it was going to be uh, discipline and the last 20 minutes. We've talked a lot about the last 20 minutes uh, and the Crusaders 
so far. Uh, the discipline, interestingly, in the last game, the Blues had half the penalties the Crusaders did. It was 6-12. to 12. So uh, uh, they, they were disciplined, um, but the Crusaders still got away in those last 20 minutes. Um, I think that the Crusaders only kicked three penalty goals in the first 60 minutes against the Blues, and then two tries and a penalty goal in the last 20. So... Honestly, like we keep coming back to those last 20, but that's really, that's critical. Um, the Crusaders, they pinched a few lineouts. Uh, the Blues, the really big pack. They were dominating the scrums. They won a tight head against the Crusaders. So I expect them to really push that. Um, the, 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 Blues, the Blues actually had the stronger line out of the two with 89% compared to the, the Crusaders, 82% uh, last time these guys played. Uh, so, look, it's a... Uh, for me, I think this is going to be... You guys are both looking confused. I'm actually sitting looking at the stats right now. Okay, no, I looked it up, but the, the, Crusaders, the Crusaders pinched three of the uh, lineouts from the Blues. Well, look, guys, I don't think it really matters too much. That, what, who do we think is going to win this one? I think this is a pretty pretty big matchup. Um, I'd love to say I'm, I'm going to, we're going to see the Blues win. And just for, for shits and gigs, I'm going to think that maybe there will be a couple changes. Without Richie Moe, they're not going to have the same finish uh, as the Crusaders normally would. I'm just going to go, why not? Let's just say the Blues are going to win this one. Even if I don't 100% believe it, the Blues are going to win this one by three in the last few minutes for the kick. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to say the Crusaders are going to win because the Crusaders are going to win. Yeah, I'm with Targi. The Crusaders are going to win. Mind <laughs> you, they don't have Richie McCaw. They're not the same. Richie McCaw. Richie McCaw. Wow. They they they're not, Richie McCaw not the same team without Richie McCaw. They're still very good. <laughs> but Richie Moonga. The point is, if they don't have a Richie in their team. That's right. I don't think they're the same team. And I still think they're going to win. Like I said, I just don't think the Blues are going to be emotionally up for it like they were last time. Last time was a gigantic effort. Yeah, and they still came up short. Kind Just. of like how Nelson's not really backing the Blues to win. I'm not going to really back this statement, but Brett Cameron could be the second best uh, fly half in the world. You know what I mean? He just doesn't get any time behind Richie Moonga. We don't know. It's a, All right, uh, guys. <laughs> let's, let's move on to our dessert. What you going to do with that? Desserto. It is time. It is time for dessert. Let's have a look. Uh, let's wind the clock back. Round two of Draft Rugby. We're going to look at some fantasy stats, uh, how they panned out. Let's go into the Force Tars. Harry, we haven't heard a lot from you, mate. Um, how did that pan out? Uh, I stats. don't know if you remember, but the Tars got it done. Hmm. Their first win of the year. Angus Wagner, that, that prop that started for them for the first half of the season was exceptional. He of got course, six points is. in this one on the back of a, uh, a, a big work rate game. So I'm, I'm kind of keeping one eye out to see if he gets another start. I think he got injured and missed a few weeks in a row there. But I, I think he may be back in the mix again. I, did he even come off the bench last time or something a couple of weeks ago? No idea. I don't know what happened with him there. But either way, anyway, he's, he's a good pick, 36 points. And if he's, if he's amongst it, he'd be a very good fantasy pick, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Fergus Lee Warner, I mean, he's head and shoulders above every other lock in the competition. He got 30 as well. So Could be the best lock in Australia at the moment. Sorry? Could be the best lock in Australia at the moment. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, he's six foot nothing, but yeah, he's, the, he's the shortest lock. Yeah, uh, James Ram, 60 points. And that, I, I can't remember who they had. I think they had uh, who's their uh, other winger? Sorry, Longanitawasi or oh, Craig's? Who's no, it? No, on the Western Force, <laughs> Not uh, Byron Rolston. Dropped. No, the other bloke, oh, Brad Lacey. Lacey, yeah, they had uh, Lacey yeah. in there. So, I mean, I always thought that he was quite a, a physical winger. 
But now we've got Marcel Bracky, who I'm pretty sure will turn up to the game with a handbag over his shoulder and will not want to What play. does that mean, Harry? That is weird. He is should go back to that. He can't put a hit on, buddy. Are you talking anyway. about test star Marcel Bracky? Yeah, mate, it doesn't matter if you star for a fourth-tier nation. <laughs> anyway, Michael Hooper, 57 points last time. Uh, he'll be itching for a big game knowing how much it means to the Waratahs. And if Simmons is out, he'll be starting again as the captain. Mm. Uh, Angus Bell was mammoth in the first half of the season, got 53 in this one. I don't see him starting, but it may be the time they rotate him through. And Sorry, I've got, I've got to jump in with my new favourite nicknames for him from that Tars video. Uh, Daddy's Boy Bell or Insider Trading Bell. I really enjoyed that one. I thought that was very good. Nice. Yeah. And Lockie Swinton, 51. So his work rate's been very good all the way through. And again, I think he's another good pick. I just think it's uh, worthwhile. I had a little look here. I would have thought Brad Lacey was the more solid of the defender of the two. He actually only had 62% tackle success over this competition, whereas Marcel Bracky has had a huge 72%. Yeah, but that's an outside centre, mate. You just wait until James Rain's running over him. It is yeah. harder to defend an outside centre. An outside centre, the most important defensive position on, on the field. Yeah. You can't miss tackles if you don't lay a hand on someone. Don't forget, fellas. That's true. Very true. <laughs> look, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take over this Highlanders uh, Hurricanes match. Last time, no surprise. Uh, TJ Perinara got 68 points. He has uh, he's been pretty solid through through this season. Nani Laumape, who is no longer going to be in this one, 66 points. Does that mean we see a big game from Vince Arso? Nope. Uh, not not from the the looks of him in his last couple of occasions. Tyrell Lomax, he had 53 points. Kovis Van Bike, I think he had a maybe a couple tries in this one, 53 points. Uh, Adi Sevilla was probably his his best game early on in the season with 49 points. Uh, Aaron Smith with 52. Mikieli Tu'u, 48. Uh, Shannon Frizzell, 37. And Rob Thompson, who, yeah, he's been pretty mud, 36. Can I just say, like, that's some mammoth scores across the board for both teams, oh. and that's in Windy Wellington. So surely they're all getting over 100 this week under the roof. I like it. Yeah, come uh, on, I'm playing. Pick up, pick up any spare players from this fixture. Um, I think this is really, is this, um, you know, he's been behind him for years. Is this really the All Blacks halfback uh, who gets to start this game? I mean, last time, remember TJ Perinara pulling that massive dummy on Aaron Smith? He'll, he'll really want to get one back on him. <laughs> so that'll be good. Um, all right, well, the Reds Rebels. Uh, last time, the I think the Reds, I don't think they thumped them, but it was pretty solid. No, mate. They, it was uh, a draw, mate. Rebels, Rebels were ahead all game and the Reds stole a draw at the end. That's what I said. So they didn't thump him, see? It was a... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Very good. Um, this was the super time. World's best super time. Um, Lucan Salakai-Loto. At the time it was the world's best super time. <laughs> yeah. um, Lucan Salakai-Loto was the man of the match in this one. 63 fantasy points. He's been pretty phenomenal all year. Actually, earlier I was saying Fergus Lee Warner might be the best lock in Australia. Lucan Salakai-Loto is probably... Leading the charge, I'd say. Um, Harry Wilson, 57 points. The man can score some points. We were obviously playing up the trashing of him just because he's in Harry's team this week. He's fantastic. He'll be really, really good. Uh, Pony Fa'al Masili. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be back in there. 51 points. Um, I think that included a try, but I'm not positive. Uh, if it was 18 or maybe it didn't. Um, <laughs> 
but he was real good. Uh, you come here for the this facts. The kind of insight that you're tuning in for. Yeah, you. I was going to say, you come here for the real facts. Uh, Liam Wright, 45 points. Filippo Dalgunu, 43. Billy Meeks, 44. And Ryan Lawrence, who won't be there, uh, with 42. So Frank Lamani has been pretty good. Uh, hasn't been scoring a lot in fantasy, but he's been he's showed potential. He, he does like to run the ball. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything really different to expect in this one. I think these big players will be the ones to stand up again. Probably. All right, excellent. Um, the momentum we've got no to round out this pod. Pony. Oh, sorry? No tries for Pony, I can confirm. Excellent, boys. I'm loving the energy that we're finishing this podcast with. Yeah, this not lie. I'd seen that and I thought it wasn't worth mentioning. The Blues Crusaders, the one to finish out the season. Richie Moe, the guy we said there's a good chance won't be starting. He, he was the man of the match with 65 points. Cody Taylor, another guy I'd like not to see just to hurt Kagi, uh, 48 points. Mark Pelea, 42 points. Big Akira Iwani with 34 points. You'd expect a lot more guys to be in that sort of top point scoring or high point scoring position in a matchup of this class. But as Harry mentioned a little bit earlier, it was a, a very big defensive matchup uh, across the board in, in this one. So there wasn't as much points on offer. Just a bit of trivia to round out the pod. Um, Richie Moanga scored 74 points, fantasy points last round. Is this higher or lower than his season average. Lower, 75 or 76? Same, isn't it? His season average is 76 points. It's lower. Oh. So he, he, did, he, he didn't perform up to scratch basically last week um, in that final against the, uh, the Highlanders. So. Yeah, so we'll make, an, we'll make another big call and say if he starts, he'll be our tip for the fantasy man of the match. <laughs> yeah. Huge, huge, huge call one. here. You heard it here first. That's why you waited until the end of the pod. <laughs> All right. Well, on that bombshell... Um, Before we shut down, I just want to hear Nelson's... Nelson, you haven't told us why you're not in finals this year. That's true. Yeah. <sighs> it's the curse. <laughs> the curse? But aren't you coming seventh, mate? There's no curse there. Mate, that's 100% a curse. I am smashing people above me in the table on points for the year. Are you? Where, where are you on the table? In points for I'm the year. seventh. Oh, points. I'm fifth or fourth? Yeah. Excellent. And just, just to round it out, above me. Yeah. would you say you've been lucky or unlucky? <laughs> what? Just to I round out the been lucky. He's been lucky to get the wins he has. He got me by like 20 points. Oh, I earned that. You appreciate it. To say I, I've been unlucky, Nelson. I've been unlucky, Nelson. Bingo! Yes! Got him! Woohoo! Sorry, Harry and I just had a... We've been having this fun game. Now, if you, if you tune into the YouTube, you'll see... Uh, my Zoom background is a conference called Bingo. Well, Harry and I have been playing a game of Bingo this entire pod. Uh, we've had a few Nelson-isms written down. And um, <laughs> whilst I'm sure he probably already said most of them. Uh, roll through them, I'll tell you if I say them or not. The disappointing thing was that we didn't talk about Nelson's fantasy fixtures enough, which is why I wanted to come back to it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nelson, mine were uh, the curse. Uh, yep. I'm unlucky. And uh, I'm fifth overall. Harry, what were your three? Oh, you made me say most of those at the very end there, mate. You didn't get them. That's not a win. Harry, go on. Oh, look, he, he went first. I was struggling. I had All I have to do is beat NSYNC so you don't come dead last. Uh, referring to Kagi, you've only been in one final. I'm, I can't come dead last. Sorry? I can't come dead last. In the, the competition? 
No, and the the table. I'm not versing instinct either. In the final, in the wooden spoon final, mate. All you got to do is. Be I'm, I'm not in the wooden spoon final yet. You, yeah, you probably are though. Let's be honest. Like, you, and uh, you know, I was waiting for you to tell Kagi that he's only been in one final, and yeah, uh, also that's a one, one final. before. Can't believe you've said I've won before tonight. <laughs> I've won before. I see that trophy has actually got my name on it. I just, I just want that to be heard. Uh, how good. My name is Kagi, actually, on that trophy. Very good. Well, now on that bombshell, thank you for joining us and bearing with us. Uh, and we will catch you next week in the next one. Stay up.